Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Can I make my side softer? Can I make my side firmer? Whenever I want? Can, Can we, we sleep, sleep cooler? Sleep Number does that. Cools up to eight times faster and lets you choose your ideal comfort on either side. 94% of Sleep Number smart sleepers report better sleep. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. A cool ocean breeze drifts across the beaches of northeastern Florida when a young waitress is viciously murdered. This was by far the most brutal, most rage-filled homicide scene that I'd ever laid my eyes on. There was overkill. There was a lot of overkill. As investigators wade through a sea of potential suspects, will a murderer slip out of the Sunshine State undetected? The population is very transient. Your crime could have been committed and the perpetrator gone in a blink of an eye. Or will the elements hundreds of miles away help police apprehend a dangerous predator? The weather helped them gather a key piece of evidence, the key piece of evidence. brief summer rainstorm has just cleared a quiet bedroom community just south of Baltimore along the eastern coast of Chesapeake Bay. Easton, Maryland in the summer was muggy, sticky, warm, typical summertime weather. It's not unusual to have quick afternoon showers. And this rain shower lasted just long enough to leave behind wet roads and a few puddles. As the sun peeks through the clouds, investigators from Jacksonville Beach, Florida, over 700 miles away, are staked out across the parking lot behind a local computer repair shop. They're watching one employee in particular having his midday smoke. Really nothing unusual about him. But police believe he's a cold-blooded killer, responsible for a brutal two-year-old homicide. All they need is his DNA to prove it. We knew that he smoked cigarettes. We hoped to gain a cigarette from him throwing it down in the parking lot when he was done smoking. But for as unsuspecting as the man appears, he's careful never to leave behind such traces of himself. He was coming out of the business uh, that he worked at every 40, 45 minutes for a cigarette break. But he would not throw his cigarettes on the ground or in an ashtray. He put the cigarette butt out and then put the cigarette butt into his pocket or behind his ear. Police continue to watch him repeat the same routine several times until he makes a crucial mistake. He is, as usual, out there smoking cigarettes. He again puts the cigarette butt in his shirt pocket, but then they notice him spit on the ground. 
and all of a sudden, out of clear blue sky, he starts spitting. Well, we were amazed. One of the samples of saliva had ended up in a rain puddle. Detectives want the spit. They watch as the employee goes back inside the store, keeping a close eye on the puddle containing the saliva, knowing they can't act just yet. Investigators knew if they moved too quickly, this individual could actually see them collecting the DNA. He could come out and destroy it. He could skip town. Anything could happen. And with each passing moment, any DNA evidence that can be gleaned from the spit is at risk of being destroyed. It was very frustrating for the police. They had to wait agonizingly for him to leave. Finally, the suspect's workday ends, and he heads out. That's when investigators make their move. The spit that was in the parking lot was basically in a public area, which means legally it's abandoned property. It's fair game for me to go up and get it if I want it. So that's what we did. I was able to swab the spit, collect those swabs, package those, let them air dry, and we did that right there. But there's one very important question. Has the rainwater in the puddle destroyed or preserve the DNA. So rainwater is technically classified as an organic solvent. Rainwater absorbs gases from the atmosphere and can be contaminated with chemicals and other water pollutants that are present on the ground. It is possible that it could have penetrated the saliva and mixed in dirt and grease. However, since the saliva was fresh and floating on top of the puddle, they're hopeful that the saliva is isolated from the rainwater. Investigators take the sample to the FBI lab for testing, but it will take weeks for any results to come back. I conversed with the FBI laboratory. I said, do you think that we're going to get a clean sample, or is it a possibility that it's going to come back contaminated? The analyst he used the words, I'm cautiously optimistic. Right now, this is investigators' biggest lead to tie to a two-year-old murder that occurred in an entirely different climate. It was an unthinkable crime that shocked the sun-soaked Florida community of Jacksonville Beach to its very core. Corey Parker, a beautiful 25-year-old waitress and college student, was found savagely murdered in her small two-bedroom apartment where she lived alone. I remember it like yesterday. She was covered in blood. There was blood everywhere. She had been stabbed over 100 times. The sheer brutality of it was just so horrific. We don't have many homicides, probably a couple a year. So for this to happen was pretty devastating for everybody. Jacksonville Beach has always been really safe. This was probably the worst thing that's ever happened. Her crime scene provided police with hundreds of DNA samples. Hair, blood, and fingerprints were found on nearly every surface. There was no shortage of evidence at all on that crime scene. Evidence that led them to pursue anyone who may have had contact with her. We were looking at anyone and everyone, trying to determine who was responsible for Corey's death. And since she was very popular with an extensive social network, investigators had a large number of suspects. 
Police ran more than three dozen DNA tests on people who knew Corey from one walk of life or another. Current and past boyfriend, co-workers, and even a peeping Tom that had been seen in the neighborhood. But despite tireless efforts to pinpoint her killer, every lead brought detectives to the same dead end. Still no arrest, still no solid suspect. The case was growing colder and colder. We were obviously concerned. We wanted justice for the family, justice for the victim. We were trying to do the best we could. Now, two years later, friends and strangers alike are left wondering who among them could be responsible for the young woman's murder. This threw Jack's speech for a loop. It kind of changed the way we lived. All I kept thinking of is every person we know, and I couldn't think of any reason why anybody would do this. Every time the phone rings and it's the detective, you're hoping for the best. You're hoping that they're going to call and be like, OK, we have someone. Everything in this case is now riding on one forensic test. Could the rainwater hundreds of miles away in Maryland be the key to solving this horrific crime? If this saliva matches the genetic profile of the hair and blood recovered at Corey Parker's crime scene, investigators have found their guy. Mother Nature can be an investigator's best friend or their worst nightmare. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. While in Easton, Maryland, investigators from Jacksonville Beach, Florida, are hoping saliva in a puddle of rainwater might preserve a murder suspect's DNA. 
what it was, a calm puddle, and then saliva gets on top of that puddle and it floats, it sits right on top. And so it was easy for the investigators to scoop it right up. Although it could be weeks before the test results come back. This is the first time that investigators have actually used this technique to gather DNA from a suspect in this manner. They're really hoping that Mother Nature comes through on this one. As investigators wait for the results, they know the entire murder case of Corey Parker rests on this one sample. And without it, a killer may go free. It was a beautiful day at the beach that Black Friday. And those who knew 25-year-old Corey Parker assumed she was getting ready for her shift at a popular local restaurant. She was definitely enthusiastic about her job. She enjoyed going to work every day. Although she had only lived in the area for six months, Corey had quickly acclimated to the social beach lifestyle. She was a really adaptable person very outgoing, like to go out, like to have a large group of friends. Corey was the life of the party. She had this bright, huge smile. Every time she walked into the room, she would literally light up the room. With a love for warm, sunny weather, Corey had relocated to Florida to escape the cold, bitter winters of her Rochester, New York hometown. Predominant tropical easterly winds that across central Florida this time of year, keep temperatures nice and mild. And it's relatively warm. She found an apartment, which was several blocks from the ocean. She had always dreamed of, of being near the ocean. Jacksonville Beach is amazing. It's fresh faces every day. The beach life draws a lot of people here. But the day after Thanksgiving, Corey failed to show up for her 10 a.m. shift at the restaurant which was very out of the ordinary for her. So her friends first go to her apartment, and her car is parked there, no answer at the door. So they call us to do a welfare check. Around 11.45 AM, Officer Andrew Lavender arrives at her apartment complex. When there's no answer at her door, he makes his way around the exterior of her apartment. She lived on a first floor apartment, and I went around to her bedroom window and the window was open about three inches. He peeks through the blinds and suddenly fears the worst. The first thing I saw was her right foot on her bed, and it was covered in blood. Lavender notices all the doors are secured, but the kitchen window is unlocked and decides to enter the apartment that way, careful not to disturb anything. The officer hopes he's not too late to help her, but is unprepared for what he finds. I turned the corner and I saw Corey. In my eight and a half year career, that was the worst I'd seen. Her nude, lifeless body is covered in stab wounds. The officer immediately calls it in, and Jacksonville Beach detectives with CSI arrive and start analyzing the scene. Police looked all around the apartment, inside and out, for a murder weapon, and uh, were never able to find one. Although something on the bedroom floor immediately stands out. It was a gold-plated lighter, which didn't appear to belong to Corey. 
We believe that lighter was brought into the crime scene by the suspect and was probably dropped inadvertently on their way out. Police collect DNA samples from hair, blood stains, and fingerprint smudges on almost every surface of Corey's apartment, hoping one might belong to her killer. In her right hand, we had forcibly removed head hair uh, with a root tissue attached to it. Corey had apparently ripped out a clump of hair belonging to her attacker. Since there's no obvious signs of forced entry, it's not entirely clear how Corey's killer entered her apartment. But police have a theory. We found blood on the kitchen counter and then on the kitchen windowsill. The suspect may have grabbed that windowsill in order to lower himself out the window. That's how we feel he both entered and exited. Although the blood could very well be Corey's, Investigators are hoping her killer may have cut himself during the attack. Police send the collected DNA samples off for testing and start tracking down Corey's family and friends. And they are all devastated. I feel like I was in shock for a really long time for something this devastating to happen. It was just like a whirlwind of emotions. Officers also start a neighborhood canvas. However, no one reports seeing or hearing anything out of the ordinary that week. It was Thanksgiving. People were preparing for the holiday. Something could have happened that went totally unnoticed. But officers' time spent canvassing isn't a total loss when reports of a neighborhood peeping Tom surface. We did find out from the neighbor next door that someone had been looking into her windows and possibly into Corey's windows. We always thought it was this sketchy-looking guy that never wore a shirt. He was kind of scruffy. It's not a lot to go on, and neighbors say no one was that worried about him. We were like, you know what? We're just going to not hang out on that side of the house. We kept the blinds closed. Did we really think something was going to happen? No. It's Jack's Beach. That's how safe we thought Jack's Beach was. And Corey wasn't going to let a peeping Tom stop her from enjoying the Florida weather. So at night in the fall in Florida, it's quite common for people to leave their windows open. The air isn't so humid, so the locals welcome the cool breezes. We did sleep with our windows open. Some of us didn't even lock our doors. That's just how it is in Jack's Beach. With the crime scene now processed, police begin gearing up for a difficult investigation. Was Corey's killer someone she knew? Or did the peeping Tom see her cracked window as an invitation to take his twisted fantasy one step further? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I think anytime you're in a warm climate, you're by the beach, you have more of a carefree, uninhibited attitude. People don't have their guard up as much as they should. Police investigating the vicious murder of Corey Parker are wondering if her killer is someone known to her or a peeping Tom that entered her apartment through a cracked window. Early on in the investigation, you really don't know, is this stranger related or is it someone that she knew? When you have to look at everything, you have to have an open mind. The difficulties in this area for investigators are there are a lot of tourists, a lot of visitors, the weather's nice, so it's difficult to keep track of who's living there, who isn't. With many of Corey's friends and neighbors out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday, police turned to the coroner's report for clues. The medical examiner did not find any evidence of sexual assault. But he did find an unusual amount of stab wounds made by a knife with a four-inch blade. Corey had been stabbed 101 times. 54 of those times were post-mortem. Two wounds to her throat were fatal, though. She would have succumbed to those probably within several minutes. This gives investigators some insight into her attacker. That's indicative of a lot of rage, some sort of personal connection or relationship. But that doesn't exactly narrow it down for detectives, since Corey had a lot of friends. So police start interviewing those who are part of her inner circle and learn more about the 25-year-old's final hours. Investigators learned that Corey was last seen two days before her body was found, when she met up with some friends on November 25th, around 10 p.m., at their favorite bar. She stayed there till about 1.30 a.m. She was seen getting into her car and leaving the bar. One of Corey's friends named Tiffany told the police that she had left about the same time as Corey had. Tiffany says Corey was supposed to join her for Thanksgiving dinner the next day, but she never showed up. When she didn't arrive, her friends assumed maybe she's just tired. She was a waitress, she was a student, so they didn't think much of it. 
Police believe that Corey may have been killed when she returned home from the bar Wednesday night. Detectives asked Tiffany if Corey had acted unusual or seemed upset before they parted ways. She says nothing seemed strange to her other than Corey's ex-boyfriend, Jerry, showing up. Jerry happened to be in the bar that night. Corey had recently broken things off with Jerry, but he still approached Corey to wish her a happy Thanksgiving. Tiffany also says that Corey's been seeing someone new, a man named David. From what she had talked about about him, you know, he was a really great guy. He was, you know, very good looking, definitely her type. Police decide to speak with Corey's current flame first, and the young man appears distraught. David was heartbroken over Corey's death, even though they hadn't been dating all that long. He tells police he has no idea who would want to do this to Corey. And after some checking, police are able to quickly eliminate him as a person of interest. Like so many of her friends, he had been out of town for the Thanksgiving weekend visiting family and friends. Despite his alibi, investigators collect hair and DNA samples from him and everyone they speak to. All we had was a couple hairs, a little bit of blood. We just needed somebody to compare it to. They also ask everyone they interview if they recognize the gold lighter, but so far, no one does. Detectives decide to focus on finding Corey's ex-boyfriend. Police realize they need to talk to Jerry. Desperate to catch the young woman's killer, investigators also request a copy of Corey's cell phone records, hoping to find more people in her life. That's when detectives discovered that someone Corey knew well has been hiding a dark obsession. He had just said these shocking, lurid things that police seemed to think were too close to the truth. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. After 25-year-old waitress and college student Corey Parker is found stabbed to death in her apartment, investigators are interviewing those who knew her best. We looked into any current individuals or people, both male and female, that were in Corey's life. You look at everyone. She lived a block away from the beach in a small apartment, and so there were just so many possibilities for who could have committed this crime. Even though her boyfriend's alibi has checked out, there's one person in particular that's piqued their interest. Police want to talk to Corey's old boyfriend, Jerry, because according to Corey's friend, Tiffany, Jerry may have been the last person to see Corey alive. When investigators track him down, he doesn't deny being in the bar that night. He admits to talking to Corey. He also tells investigators that maybe their breakup wasn't as smooth as he would have liked. But he assures investigators he never would have heard Corey. He tells detectives he doesn't recognize the gold lighter found at the crime scene, but agrees to give police whatever they need to help catch Corey's killer, including his DNA. Meanwhile, Corey's cell phone records come in, and something immediately stands out to investigators. There was this one number that would call her phone repeatedly an inordinate amount of times and she would never answer those calls. So police want to find out who this person is. They do some digging and discover the number belongs to a man named Eric. He's a 27-year-old dishwasher at Corey's restaurant. And when detectives bring up his name to those closest to Corey, they confirm that Eric may have had more than a passing interest in their friend. I know that he did have a bit of a crush on her. It was pretty common for most of the guys that she knew to have a crush on her, so I don't think anybody thought it was too unusual at the time. He had asked her out several times, and she had always declined his advances, but he continued, so we were interested in him. Police bring him in for questioning. They notice right away that Eric seems nervous and uncomfortable but he comes clean about his feelings for Corey. He denied that he killed her, but he did admit that he was infatuated with her. He would oftentimes try to get Corey to go out with him, hence the phone calls on her phone records. I think she was pretty um, sweet about the way she said no. I think she told him something along the lines like, you know, I don't date people that I work with. But despite her polite yet firm rejection of his numerous advances, Eric tells police he continued to pursue her. For whatever reason, Corey's unreturned affection toward Eric did not dissuade him. Even to the point where he was going to quit his job because he really wanted to go out with her that bad, he was going to quit his job so, so she would go out with him. While his admission is a bit chilling, it's what he's about to say that sets off major red flags with detectives. He discloses to them that he had violent fantasies about women. 
he was asked at one point by the investigators if he did commit the murder, how he would have done it. Eric tells the police that he would kind of stalk Corey, that he would attack her at night in her bed where she was most vulnerable by stabbing her. This is most alarming to police, since the details of her murder have not been released to the public. The media was given very, very limited information to maintain that case integrity. There were too many similarities in what he was saying and what actually occurred. So yes, he was concerning to us. And to top it off, Eric has no alibi for the night of the murder. He quickly moves to the top of the suspect list. Although it's not enough to hold him at this point, so they have to let him go. But not before they get his DNA. Police send all the samples they've collected to the lab for analysis. We took a total of, uh, I think, 36 sets of fingerprints from people. We did an additional 13 DNA samples. They know it could be months before results come back. By the new year, Jacksonville Beach police are starting to run out of leads to follow, despite having the killer's hair and over a dozen samples to compare it to. Investigators are no closer to making any arrests. We put all the crime scene photos out on the desk. I contacted profilers, had them come in and help us. We went back out and reworked a neighborhood canvas, hopefully to spark some interest. At this point, police are still waiting for DNA. They're still talking to people. Everyone that we contacted in our investigation uh, was very cooperative and volunteered to provide DNA. They send any new samples to the lab and continue to wait for results. Finally, one year later, the DNA results come back from the lab, but it's not the news they were hoping for. Most of the blood found at the scene belongs to Corey, except for one spot by the windowsill. The blood that probably belonged to whoever killed Corey Parker. There was no match in the national DNA database. And not one hair sample collected in the investigation matches what was found at the scene of Corey's murder. The only thing they could determine at that point was that the killer was a male. So we reached eventually somewhat of a dead end where we didn't have much to go on. Investigators are back at square one. There was frustration on the investigators' part. They'd have to start all over again and keep flipping over their rocks and you know beating the bushes to try and formulate something Friends and family fear there will be no justice for Corey. We've got a, a family that's missing their daughter. I remember being really discouraged that the crime was never going to be solved. I just couldn't help but wonder, where is this person and what are they doing now? Are they killing other people because they haven't been caught? So police partner with the media to cast a wider net. We decided to do a media blitz, put the information back out there. Maybe somebody that didn't come forward a year earlier would now come forward. And her loved ones decide to help out too. 
Corey's family and some of her friends decide to put up a $20,000 reward for any information leading to the capture and conviction of her killer. I saw that the reward had gone up, and I thought, wow, this is really going to make someone come forward. Corey Parker's unsolved homicide is once again the talk of the town in the close-knit, sunny beach community. Police are hopeful this might bring them the leads they need, and the plan works. Five months later, in May 2000, investigators get a call from a police informant who overheard a very interesting conversation. He was an informant that happened to be working on a completely different case. And what he tells detectives jumpstarts a dying investigation and points them right in the direction of Corey's killer. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Weather's always changing. There's always a variable of weather in something that we do every single day. And to see how vital a role it played in homicide investigation is remarkable. After joining forces with the media in hopes it will breathe new life into the homicide investigation of Corey Parker, Jacksonville Beach detectives get a call from a police informant from an unrelated case. He tells investigators that he recently heard some friends talking about Corey's murder. These individuals, a couple of them worked at uh, a local barbecue restaurant in Jacksonville Beach. The informant tells police that they were talking about one of their co-workers, a 17-year-old named Robert Denny. Robert Denny was a uh, cook slash dishwasher at the barbecue restaurant where they worked at. He says his friends noticed that Robert had acted strangely after the murder and left town suddenly. It's a name that has a familiar ring. And upon reviewing case files, detectives know why. One of the people that the police had interviewed early on in the investigation was a neighbor of Corey's named Robert Denny. He lived in the apartment building next to hers. The detective talked to Robert a couple of days after the murder in a neighborhood canvas. He's saying that he didn't know anything. He did not appear to be threatening in any way and didn't register a blip on the radar screen. He was really interviewed more as a witness. However, since he lived behind Corey at the time of her murder and left town shortly afterwards, police are taking a second look at the teen. And the more we looked into Robert Denny, the, the better he looked. 
They interview his former co-workers who describe strange behavior. His demeanor during the days and weeks following the murder of Corey Parker was disturbing. He was coming into work crying, just acting erratic. And further interviews uncover a detail that convinces police even more that they're on the right track. Robert told his manager that there was a woman in the nearby apartment that he used to watch. He was interested in her. She was really pretty. And uh, he would watch her through her window. Even though he doesn't seem to match the description given to police, could Denny have been the peeping Tom who spied on Corey and her neighbors in 1998? Robert's apartment was situated really just a few feet away from Corey's. There was a very small gap between the two buildings. And from where he lived, he could look straight down into her apartment and into her life. Detectives are determined to find an answer. They run his name through their criminal database, hoping his DNA might be on file. Robert Denny had priors as a juvenile, but there was nothing really that would give us any, any known DNA standard or sample on him. And those juvenile records are hard to get to. But during the check, someone else's name pops up that catches their eye. We also learned that his older brother was in prison in Huntsville, Texas, for a murder. At just 15 years old, Patrick Denny, a paperboy in El Paso, Texas, killed 27-year-old Teresa Latimer. This woman was on his paper route, and uh, he went by there to collect money from her. She turned her back on him to get money out of her purse. And when she did, he attacked her and stabbed her with a knife. She had been stabbed 97 times, just four wounds short of Corey Parker's. During the attack, he cut himself. They were able to identify Patrick as the suspect in that crime through DNA, blood evidence, and fingerprints in the crime scene. Police wonder if Corey's murder could have been an imitation crime committed by a disturbed teen following in his brother's footsteps. And we learned that there were a certain number of days after Robert's brother committed that murder in Texas that he and Robert Denny were sharing the same bedroom together. It's just a strange set of events. Authorities are now convinced they need to track down Robert Denny and obtain a sample of his DNA. But police learned that Robert no longer lives in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. He has moved to the town of Easton, Maryland. So we then decided that we were going to make a trip up to Easton to see if we could get a DNA sample from him. Police get on a plane and head over 700 miles away to Easton, Maryland, hoping they might be able to solve this increasingly cold case. Once there, they set up a round-the-clock surveillance of Denny at his home and the computer repair shop where he works, watching as Robert makes painstaking efforts to never leave a trace of himself behind. That is, until one rainy afternoon. Rainstorm had just come through. Not a big rainstorm, just enough to leave a few puddles. Denny spits, leaving samples of his saliva directly into a rain puddle at his feet. Police don't hesitate and successfully collect the sample for examination. It takes time as the 
Forensic science necessary is slowly revolutionizing during this time period. So they have to sort through various rain and groundwater elements and materials and separate it from saliva in order to create a thorough and reliable DNA profile. We didn't have a murder weapon. Everything in this case hinged on DNA. After the vicious murder of Corey Parker, the many twists and turns of the investigation have led Jacksonville Beach Police over 700 miles away to Easton, Maryland. There, they hope to get DNA from their main suspect, 19-year-old Robert Denny. The weather has provided them a surprising saving grace in a murder investigation that seems destined to go unsolved. When Robert decides to spit in a rain puddle. Probably most of us don't think how significant mother nature is when it comes to stuff like this. Two weeks after detectives collected Robert's DNA, FBI laboratory analysts in Quantico, Virginia, call investigators with the results, and it's a match. We were ecstatic at that point, and we thought, wow, we've, you know, we've got him, we've got our man. Since the rainwater was fresh and the saliva floated on top of the puddle, the DNA was not destroyed or contaminated. Luckily, the investigators gathered the saliva right away. This was just huge when it came back with a good DNA sample that it was really revolutionary for this time. There was a lot of high-fiving, there was a lot of handshaking, a lot of hugs. On November 28, 2000, almost two years to the day of Corey's homicide, police arrest Robert Denny, charging him with first-degree murder. Investigators are hoping to get a confession from him and avoid a trial. But the teenager denies any involvement in Corey's murder. I have enough evidence to charge him with murder in this case. It's impossible that I didn't do it. It's impossible that I didn't do it. It's impossible that I didn't do it. They find his ex-girlfriend, and she identifies the gold cigarette lighter left at the crime scene as Denny's. Corey's friends and family are thankful for the news. Once I found out that Robert had been arrested and they had enough to take him to trial, it was just, just a relief. And that was the best moment ever. I was in disbelief, and I just kept saying over and over, are you sure it's him? Are you sure? Four years later, on April 11, 2005, Robert Denny goes to trial and pleads not guilty. Prosecutors lay out the events they believe led up to Corey's murder. I think he'd been watching her for some time. The apartment that he was in immediately overlooked hers. He could see her coming and going, 
Because Corey was suspicious that she was being watched, she began to take precautions. She would make sure her window blinds were down, that sort of thing. Prosecutors speculate that this drove Robert to the next level. It increased in him a sense of rejection, and that he began to plot how to get into her apartment. They believe when he saw her window cracked, he seized his opportunity to climb inside. We don't know that for certain, but it is a possibility that he was in the apartment and was waiting on her in the closet. And when she returned home alone after a night out with friends, Robert was laying in wait until Corey was most vulnerable. It appeared from the evidence that Robert had waited till that moment to attack. Stabbing her over 100 times, struggling with her as she fought for her life, and losing his gold-plated lighter in the process. And because he knew his brother was caught through DNA, he was careful not to leave his around for the police to find. But since Robert made statements to police claiming he'd never been in Corey's apartment or even knew her, his defense is unable to explain how or why his blood and hair ended up there. After a grueling three-week trial, it takes jurors less than one hour to find Robert Denny guilty of first-degree murder. On May 12, 2005, he's sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He could not face the death penalty because he was a juvenile at the time. He's so evil. I hate him so much. Corey Parker, who had a whole life ahead of her, finally gets the justice she deserves. She lost her life for no reason other than he just decided he wanted to end it. Corey Parker was a wonderful person and she deserved better. In the homicide case of Corey Parker, Robert Denny might have gotten away with murder if it hadn't been for a fresh puddle of rainwater. He was so careful, so careful not to leave a DNA trail anywhere and then something just as simple as spitting. I've always loved the rain, so I think this is one more reason to love it even more. 